Welcome to Blockchain Rebranded with your host, Rick Sherwood, with insights to come from his years as a psychotherapist and his many life experiences. Rick discusses today's issues and how they can affect our mental well-being. Do something that you want to hear his take on? You can find us on Facebook with Blockchain Rebranded. You can email us, Rebecca at rstherapygroup.com or Rick at rstherapygroup.com or visit our website at blockchainrebranded.ca. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to hear what he has to talk about today. Good morning, folks. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to another beautiful, beautiful day. Welcome to the morning of KISS, apparently. going in the gutter now, isn't it? I want to give it all to you tonight. Oh, I'm going to lay it all at your feet. Yes, absolutely. Put your mind back out of the gutter. This is not about what you think that this song is about right now. Okay, folks, listen up. I can't get enough of you, baby. You were made for loving me. I was made for loving you. Come on, this is all that we're going to put under the Christmas tree this year. That's right, folks. All we're going to have under the Christmas tree, 100%, is you were made for loving me. I was made for loving you. Gene Simmons and company up there, Kiss, doing their thing. Oh, Now, I know some of the regular people who tune tune into this, and I know some of them are going to be going, okay, Rick, what are you doing? My suggestion, what you all need to be doing this Christmas, is just tying bows on yourselves and just a, a letter, right? Just put a little note on you and just say, you were made for loving me. I was made for loving you. This is the whole Christmas. It's right here, wrapped up in this bow, right here underneath this tree. This is what I am going to be. Because this is all that I have. If you listen to the words of that song, right? It's a beautiful song. Man, I, I there's so many songs, so many groups, so many decades of, of music in my life that, man, I just love it. I, I really do. And and I really do like this song. Like You cannot miss that intro and, and, and go in a different direction. But I got to ask you. Like we're we're less than you know we're 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 like two weeks less a, a day or two. Well, no, actually, we're only about a week and a half away from Christmas. And I'm gonna say to you, what is the odds that if you took the words of a very famous group, and if you took those words, and if you said, "This is my Christmas present to you," 
that your partner is going to go, yeah, that's enough. In the moment, they would. There's lots of people who would. And there's lots of people in the beginning of the stages of the relationship, or if you were just battling cancer and you have now survived, then they would go, yeah, that's enough. That's enough for me. I'm good. I can move forward. But, but can you? Is that really enough? And again, the reason why I say this, the reason why I ask this question is I was asked a very unusual question uh, a few days back. And the question was, am I responsible for buying a gift for my ex for my like through my child? So my child is we're 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 coming into Christmas and my child I would normally buy them gifts and as I would buy them gifts like for my child to give to my ex but the scenario that was painted was that because my ex is now in a relationship and and she's in a, a committed relationship and they own a house together is it still his responsibility to purchase a gift for a child to give to his mother because the child does not have a job. So again, is it my responsibility? A couple things that took offense to in that. First of all, kid has no chance of being like uh, the, the recommendation by Kiss. Well, I guess he does in a way. He could put a bow around him and say, you know what, Mama, I'll make you breakfast this morning. That's my gift to you. But... You know what? Unfortunately, I think there's so many skewed things in that question. And I think there's so many skewed things in the the back and forth conversation between me and that, that human being. One of the very first skewed things was he said most of the people he asked whether it was still his responsibility were women. And because they were women and he was a guy, he believed that that gave more validity to the answer. And I thought, huh, we're a bit of a problem with that. A bit of a problem with the whole thing. So here's, in a nutshell, what I, where I come from in this. It is not about a responsibility. It's about the fact that, and it's not, I'll rephrase that. It's not about the responsibility of a gift. It's the responsibility of a parent to their child. It's not what the child's going to do with. It's your responsibility to your child. This is a minor. We're not talking about an 18-year-old. We're not talking about a 28-year-old. We're not talking about somebody who is independent financially. What we are talking about is truly a child, a minor. By all accounts, a minor. Does not have a job, does not have the ability to earn money. And so... Instead of looking at this and going, here's a teachable moment. Here's something I can bond with my child on that we do, that we go out of our way to do, to spend, to do, right? And so from that conversation, I got to thinking, what is the history of gift giving? Right? Because we're coming into Christmas. 
every retailer in the world is saying, please come drop all your money, bring in your plastic, bring up your credit card debt, use your line of credit, do everything, lay yourself at the feet of your beloved and give every bit of money that you do not have, but buy gifts. Because if you do not purchase gifts, they will not understand your love. And it is only through the purchase of gifts that we can actually demonstrate our love. Well, I can tell you, for me personally, and I can guarantee you this, that I demonstrate, if it's from a financial standpoint, I demonstrate my love to people all the time because I regularly I'm paying for stuff. And it's and I'm not saying that begrudgingly, I'm saying that sincerely. Regularly I'm paying for stuff. I don't have to wait for Christmas Day. I'm doing it throughout the year. So does that mean Christmas Day I get a get a free card? I, I don't have to show up at all? The people close to me are going to say yes and no. They are still going to want some sort of token, some sort of sentimentality to illustrate, because again, culturally, that's where we've gotten to. So again, go back to, to the idea of gifts. When do you folks think was the very first time a gift was given? What do you, what do you think? I'm going to put Rebecca on the spot here, and I'm going to ask her, Miss Rebecca, what do you think? When do you think the very first gift-giving has ever been recorded by, by scientists, by anybody? When do you think? Approximation. Um, well, I know in the Bible, when Jesus was there, was born, there was offerings made to him that would have been gifts. I believe the Egyptians gave gifts to the pharaohs. So it's been millennia. Like they've been gifts or offerings probably for as long as documentation has been made. Okay, so how long has documentation been made? Okay, so you're talking, you know, a couple thousand years. So, you know, B.C. before Christ or, you know, after Christ or, you know, BCE, you know, common era. So, so again, like, are you talking a thousand years, five thousand years, ten thousand? How long do you think recorded history is of this idea of gift giving? Well, guess what, folks? Cavemen, prehistoric man, cave paintings, Neanderthals, however you want to label it. Tens, hundreds of thousands of years ago, were the very first gifts that people know for sure that were given, and gifts were the beginning of social structure, and gifts were the beginning of economics, believe it or not. Prehistoric man. So if y'all saw the look on Rebecca's face, she does this funny thing when she's thinking real hard. She'll start chewing on the inside of her uh, of her lip, and she's right there, right now. Right now, she's having herself a full meal. She's just gnawing away on the inside because she's trying to put this all together, right? But think about it. like the French gave the Statue of Liberty to the United States um, as a gift of thank you, and so prehistoric man. They have found minerals and alloys, and uh, when we're talking about alloys, uh, we're talking about um, some of the, the rocks, some of the minerals, some of the uh, first Stone Age items, they were actually 
you know, given and they have been found in areas where that that product does not exist. And so they were exchanged. And so you're going to say, well, they were given as an exchange for something. Okay, well, that's what a gift is, folks. We give a gift in an exchange for somebody hopefully is going to say thank you or give us a hug or love us. But that is truly the economics of a social social world, the idea of a gift. So just, again, just, just rattle that around inside your head for a second. Right? Because, again, we go back to the whole Gene Simmons. And, again, that is a beautiful song. I was made for loving you. But that is not enough, believe it or not, for a sustainable relationship. You cannot tie, tie a bow around yourself and, and put yourself under the tree every day and go, here you go, here is your gift. Just think about that again, right? The whole idea of a gift is about creating connection and creating bond. And so if we go back to prehistoric man, if we go back to Neanderthals, if we go back to the Iron Age, Stone Age, we go way, way back, like way back. What these people were doing is they were taking their hard-earned mineral, their hard-earned utilities, their hard-earned devices, and they were exchanging these as gifts with the prospect of creating growth and prosperity within their two groups. And so just in case anybody hears very subtly in the background a purring, Randy, that is not Kenworth. This would happen to be Skittles. But there are five kittens um, that have been making mayhem throughout the building today. And so if you are seeing or hearing, do not be offended. It's not me purring. It's them. So, with that said, that out of the way, let's go back to this whole idea of gift giving. And I just got a symbol saying that we're, we're five minutes away um, because Rebecca does these beautiful countdowns for me so I don't get lost. Um, we're going to run over today. This one's going to be a little bit longer because I really want people to stop and think about why are we buying these gifts? Why are we doing the things that we're doing? The most important gifts that I've ever received, the most important gifts, have never had a monetary value, ever. Bruce. Yeah, you know, I was talking about him today, Bruce and Irma. I was talking about both of them today uh, with a client uh, earlier this morning. And when I was talking to, with them about uh, Bruce and Irma, again, Bruce gave me so many lessons growing up. You know, Jack Madge, again, another man, gave me all kinds of lessons growing up. Tons and, t- and none of those things had material gain. None of those things ever arrived under my Christmas tree. Never. Sam, guy I used to go tracking with, his name's actually Adrian, but uh, I was given the nickname Sam, and I, I used to go tracking with Sam. And, uh, and again, you know, I, I said his name a l- little bit ago, Randy. There's all kinds of people out there there, you know, there's a lady coming tomorrow night after I'm done work. We're going to, uh, the lot of us are all going to go out and grab a bite to eat and have a couple drinks for Christmas and, and celebrate. And, and that will be the greatest gift that I get this year and the greatest gift that I have ever received. 
my my brother John, him and and his business partner came up with the very first rebreathers that were were commercially viable, and that's that's a scuba diving thing. And anyhow, and John gave me, which I then gave to my second wife's uh, son, a, a couple uh, tokens from Underwater National Defense and from some uh, a research organization that John was associated with back in the 80s. And I cherished that. That that gift from John never came under the Christmas tree. And I gave it to, to Ian because Ian had gone to Seneca College uh, and had learned underwater, um, die, like diving with hard hats and... Uh, and underwater welding and things along that line. And and again, that gift to him was not under the Christmas tree. That was a gift of a moment in time. When we are coming into Christmas, when we are coming into these times of year, I always hear about this, this idea of the commercialization and how it has become too commercialized and we've gotten too far away from what it was intended to be. And what it was intended to be was... Yeah, well, that's up to you. Depends on on uh, if you're looking at a Buddha or if you're looking at uh, you know Christianity. But the fact is, folks, that where we're going, we are so often selling ourselves down the river, and we're selling ourselves down the river. And, and I go, but why? Well, the reason why is we are afraid to put limits on. We are afraid to actually say to somebody, I will not go in debt that far. I will not do this. I will not do that. I love you. However, there is a financial or a moral or an ethical or an ideological limit. We live in this world where supposedly love is supposed to have no limits. There's a person that I know this year that... um, I heard through the grapevine that they are getting a brand new, spanking new Learjet for Christmas. I work with people from all walks of life. That person lives in a world I can't even comprehend. Just as I work with people who barely have any money. And again, they live in worlds that it's hard for me to comprehend. And so when we are sitting and we are looking around this year coming into Christmas and and we are looking at what we are doing, do me a favor. You know, just I want you to think about this song. I want you to think about, you know, what goes into this song. And it's that feeling, folks, that feeling right now that people get so caught up in that they think they can buy love with their wallet.
And of course, in this song, the I won't do that that Meatloaf is singing about is I won't screw around. But I want you to all add one more thing to I won't do that. I won't be irresponsible with my money, with my time, with my energy. Like I said, growing up at that trailer park, I had a lot of people, you know, just like, like Bruce and Irma, and, uh, who, I, again, the lessons that a lot of these campers taught me, you know, and just going sideways here, you know, it was uh, through a common connection that I had seen actually on Facebook that there was, that we each knew somebody from, you know, that leads back to Irma and Bruce. And I so badly wanted to convey, um, again, the gratitude and the pride that I have for being who I am today, because the people gave me the gift of their time. They gave me the gift of their knowledge. Janet and Jake, right? Again, people that y'all don't know. Haven't seen them in quite some time. I hope they're, they're both alive. I hope they're both doing well. But what I can tell you is, again, the gift of their time has taught me more than I will ever be able to repay. And when we stop and think about that, you know, both of these songs, right? I do anything for love, you know, by, by Meatloaf. As Made for Love and You by Kiss. Both of those songs speak to endless giving. And I can tell you as a marriage therapist, endless giving does not guarantee you a single thing other than debt. I'm going to say that again. I have spent a lot of time sitting with a lot of couples and I've spent a lot of time sitting with a lot of individuals. And the only guarantee that comes out of that endless giving is debt. You are not guaranteed love. Love is only guaranteed through time. Y'all just think about that. Just think about what I just said. Because what I want y'all to do going into this Christmas is I want you to go out. I want you to listen to these songs. I want you to go out there and I want you to remember that no matter what you put under the Christmas tree, no matter what you put in a Christmas stocking, no matter what it is, when my brother John took this young kid and I had this chance to tour this really cool facility in Toronto, and when I got to tour, it was mom and dad and me, and that was it. And I, and I got this chance to go into... Uh, a hyperbaric chamber where they, they pressurize it and they, they do tests and studies. I got to see the centrifuge that they put people in to test them for pilots. I got to see all kinds of really, really cool things. And I don't know if I was much more than about maybe 11, 12 years of age. I wasn't very old. But I remember going from room to room. And the gift of that time, the gift of that energy blew me out of the water that day, continues to blow me out of the water this day, 
And it continues to make it so it is such a legacy in my mind. And on the flip side of that, when I look back at the relationships that I've had, and I look back at the selfishness, and I look back at the restrictions of time and the restrictions of everything else that came with that, that is why those relationships have all gone the way of the dodo bird. They've all become extinct. And they've become extinct because the wrong emphasis was laid out there. So do yourselves a favor, folks. With the people that, that, that you care about, the people that are important to you, the people that you want to hold dear, do me a favor. Take the time. Take, take a few minutes and reach out. Truly, truly, beautifully, reach out. Hey, can we have a coffee? We don't have to do it on Christmas Day. But try and do it. And I know that life is busy. I know that we don't have, because of financial strains and burdens, and I know we don't have necessarily all the time that we, we should have. But again, I'm going to ask you, take some time to sit down and have a coffee. Have a glass of water with somebody. Spend that bit of time just reaching out across the table and letting them know that you are giving them the greatest gift that can ever be given, which is your presence. It is not what's under the tree, people. So whatever you get for Christmas, man, I hope you like it. Because eventually it's going to end up thrown away, put away, given away. But the memory, the memory of what my brother John did, it can't be given away. It can't go away. Jack, Bruce, various, you know, my Uncle Ralph. Again, these people, they all, all took time. My Uncle Ed, they all took time. So, if I have a prayer, a wish, regardless what religion you want to grab hold of, take some time, as I'm giving you some time right now. So you all have yourselves a wonderful, wonderful week. And we will chat tomorrow for Good News Fridays. And, and I'm going to tell you, there's one thing in there that when I read, I was like, wow. I was dumbfounded, but I was also, wow, that's kind of cool. So again, look forward to chatting very soon, folks. Y'all be good. Chat soon. Hey, it's just Rick and Rebecca and Sherry and everyone else here at Black Sheep Rebranded. And again, we thank you very much for uh, tuning in and listening to us. And again, thank you. Uh, you know, 27 countries and counting. Uh, I have no idea how many active listeners and, and, and I don't know. There's all kinds of numbers and I can't keep track of them all. What I can tell you is we are very proud of what we're doing here. However, this is not a substitute for mental health. What this is, is an educational information program. And we hope that this program sets you in a direction for you to have a slightly better life than what you did before you listened to the podcast. And so for Rebecca, for Sherry, for myself, for everybody here at Black Sheep, thank you very much for tuning in. Remember, this stuff is proprietary, so please do us a favor and, uh, yeah, yeah, don't copy it. Don't uh, distribute it as yours. Be good, folks.